who I don't know loads about, but I do know uh, he's a 79 rated on FIFA and you can buy him for 350 coins on Ultimate Team. So I don't know what that says, but uh, it says something. That says that you need to get out more. Tipping Liverpool to stay up this year. <laughs> Thanks for explaining how the Premier League works then. Enjoy that now. No. <laughs> uh, Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts, and I'm joined in the virtual studio once again by BBC Match of the Day magazine writer Jake Wilson. How are you doing, sir? What is happening, Michael? I'm good, sir. What is happening? (laughs) Bringing it back. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, yes, this is indeed a very special podcast, as we have never actually talked about anything other than Premier League before. Uh, mm. I don't believe. I don't believe. Um, no, I don't think so. We're, we're back for the international break. Uh, we've got plenty of games coming up with uh, Euro, tw- Euro 2020 qualifiers. Imagine telling little, sweet, naive 2019 Jake that we'd be discussing Euro 2020 playoffs in October 2020. Oh, I thought I'd be uh, reminiscing about all my memories in Barcelona and Budapest, but uh, those flights were cancelled. They've been refunded. (laughs) Hasn't even happened yet. Um, We'll be be rounding up some of the the big games over the international break. Um, We've got our Fantasy Premier League tips if you want to make your team worse than it already is. And I'm getting a <laughs> I'm getting a, a shake of the head there from, from Mr. Wilson. And we've also got a little roundup of deadline day signings or, or late window signings, we'll call it. Not necessarily on the last day. Um, just that caught our eye uh, with a bit of a discussion, I believe, on Manchester United and the state of affairs at Old Trafford. That's enough of me rambling on. Shall we shall we get on with the show? Is it start it? Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Uh, so England, back in action. After a dreary international break last time out, I sort of got stuck between bleak and break there. Um, 1-0 win versus Iceland, 0-0 draw with Denmark. One of those sort of football doesn't make sense breaks, really. England sort of criticised for their defensive forces, get two clean sheets, every lords their sort of attacking forces, score one goal. Not, not exactly what we would have expected from that weekend, I guess. No, it wasn't the most thrilling. Hopefully this one will be slightly better. Though the end of the Iceland game was good with the penalties and the red cards and that was a bit of excitement. Uh, That made it worth it. It made the other 89 minutes (laughs) worth it. But um, I think this one might be a little bit more exciting. Yeah, absolutely. We've got Wales first up. Um, I'll I'll read out all the channels and times you need to know in a bit. But um, we have England versus Wales, England versus Belgium and then versus Denmark. Uh, the Wales game is a friendly, the other two in the Nations League. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Southgate lines up. Um, and I'm going to start the debate with a, a slightly, is this controversial? But I would rather us lose to Iceland, Denmark, Wales, those sort of teams, um, playing an experimental side as opposed to winning with a full-strength side. I think I'm all about, I, I hate this mentality of, because I remember it was sort of writing off Calvin Phillips straight away. He's just got into the team. He's just going into the squad and people are slagging him off saying he's not ready for England. He's not this. He's not that. Declan Rice, he's this, he's that. Give them a chance. Give <laughs> Blowing your microphone. Hey, you've got to, you've got to let, um, <laughs> you've got to let the players in. Uh, you've got to give them you know, a few caps under their belt. I think that is slightly symptomatic of um, England's midfield as, as a whole. It's not the most... 
um, stacked position. We seem like we have a lot of kind of holding midfielders. We have a lot of kind of ball retainers rather than um, those players to push you forward. I think the ones that are in, in super in contention at the minute are Winks and Henderson and Rice. And none of them strike you as that uh, attacking creative force um, that maybe we are crying out for. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because I think, I don't know, I just feel like all these games, I feel like you can only really judge. Again, Southgate just gets pelters every single break it feels like at the moment no matter what the scoreline is um there's something wrong there's something wrong with the squad maybe that's just i don't know maybe that's just england <laughs> it always has been the case find find a fault it's something that really unite the nation over you know absolute disarray in the national team um i just i just quite like giving these players a chance and even if we don't see because everybody's saying we don't know southgate doesn't know his strongest 11 he shouldn't like, like we've, we've criticised managers in the past for having a strong 11 and sticking with them to the bitter end uh, and, and not being flexible. But I think Southgate, I'm more than happy for him to use the Nations League, these friendlies, as a testing board, a sounding board um, for Euro 2020. Uh, a tournament in which we are one of the probably top three teams on, on paper going into that tournament. Totally agreed, especially with the players that, uh, that have dropped out, obviously. Um, Chilwell and Sancho, two big ones that are in contention. Um, and that does leave us slightly uh, light uh, left back. But this is the time we should be playing uh, these, these other players, especially against Wales. I think we go proper experimental against Wales. Calvert-Lewin should definitely get on the pitch against Wales. The, you know, to be Premier League Player of the Month, you know, that's got to be on the way. He's done everything he can to earn a spot in that England side. Connor Cody sounds like he's going to be playing at centre-back again, which is a Wolves fan. I love. Uh, you got Saka at Arsenal. you got Harvey Barnes. You want to see these players playing for England, especially when there's literally nothing on the line. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I, I think, again, we've seen players throughout the years even people like I keep coming back to people like Danny Welbeck, who just had like could have another spell, and Peter Crouch has had a spell where they may not be the absolute elite players in the Premier League. Although you know Peter Crouch, absolute legend of the game. But um, do you know what I mean? Those players who maybe club form hasn't quite you know they haven't hit the heights, but they just fit into that England squad. And I think people like like you mentioned there, uh, people like Grealish, people like Rice, you know they could find their niche in that squad. Uh, regardless of their club form, regardless of their club positions and, and what have you. Uh, and, and yeah, I just think Southgate needs time to actually figure that out. And we have plenty of time now with a lot of, I think you're right, a lot of very, a lot of very good players without having too many world-class players. And I think it's just sifting through those very good players, finding the right um, formula. I, I think England's fine. I think we're in a healthy, healthy position, to be fair. Yeah, one, one slight issue uh, one slight issue I've taken is with the discipline of the squad um, I know there's been a lot of headlines lately there was there was Fordham and Greenwood last time were, were kicked out of the camp um, there was Maguire in Greece with that whole episode uh, you've got Abraham, Sancho and Chilwell being delayed coming into the squad this time for a, a party be, you know, breaching um, I think Grealish earlier in the year was, was pulled up for, for breaching restrictions is there a discipline problem, do you think, in, in that England camp? 
I think probably because there's so many young players coming into the squad um, that has definitely had an effect. The, the squad is changing constantly. Um, like a lot of the players you named uh, then and with Abraham, Chilwell and Sancho recently, it is a younger contingent that are coming in that, that maybe are getting these negative headlines. Um, and I think that I think there is definitely something to be addressed there. But I think internally they are looking at it. Southgate has apparently been furious because um, he's said so many times now that this shouldn't be the case and we shouldn't have any issues like this. Um, and apparently Harry Kane and maybe one or two of the other senior members of the squad has got the squad together um, on, in the current camp to talk to them about this and reiterate their responsibilities. And I think that's such a good sign. I think Harry Kane's a brilliant leader to have um, at club or country. Um, and it's amazing to see that he's, uh, he's stepped up. Um, maybe no one's asked him to, but he's going to sort these young boys out and uh, tell them what's what. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, it's having those players, isn't it, who yeah, I totally agree. Just uh, You can bring all the youngsters in that you like, and this is not just a <laughs> slag off the young people sort of rant from <laughs> the man who has realised he would be a senior player in the England dressing room had he had an ounce of talent. Um, but it, it, I, just, I just want to know who's going to be disappointed in those players. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think you mentioned Kane there. Henderson, sort of model professional um, I also I look to to teams like Germany, you know when they've got Schweinsteiger, they've got Muller, they've got closer. I'm not, you know back in the in the day, I'm not saying that all these young players should have the mental sort of composure and the mental you know the maturity of those players, but you can see that their focus entirely was on entirely was on winning and they would do everything for each other, and you just kind of hope these young lads sort of mature into that sort of player as opposed to the needy men and the look at how much talent they had, how much they haven't achieved sort of thing. And maybe I'm being far too harsh or maybe far too knee-jerk with it. Um, I just think this is something we need to sort out now in this next year, critical period, um, for the next decade. I don't know. Yeah, you want those players to uh, make the most of what they've got in the locker. Absolutely. And as a Sunderland fan, I know you bring it up, but Jordan yeah. Henderson is the man who has done that. Yeah. He has put everything into maximising his abilities. And if the rest of the squad do that, then there's no reason we can't win it all. I, I, I totally, totally agree. Yeah, have that, that attitude of football, <laughs> ball is life. <laughs> then, like, these players could win everything. Like, they genuinely could win everything. Euro 2020, I think we're... I think we're the third favourites. I think after France and Germany, I think there's no there's no team that I fear out of all of that lot. Um, and even Germany are in a bit of a transition phase, so you never know. Um, on the world stage, are there any? Are there many more than that? I genuinely don't know. Talent wise, we could have one of the the top teams in the world by the by the next World Cup, and I just hope we've got this um, this ethos, this mentality of winning and, and actually heads down on the football, win the games, party later, <laughs> essentially. Um, anyway, that's my rant. I've had that in the locker for a while. Um, sorry to bore you all, but that's, that's what I'm on. Um, rounding up, so it's England versus Wales. It's a friendly on ITV. It's eight o'clock on Thursday. We've got England v Belgium. That's Nation, Nations League, Sky Sports, 5pm on Sunday. And then England versus Denmark in the Nations League, Sky Sports. It's 7.45 next Wednesday. Um, moving on, 
year of 2020 playoffs, like we said. Little little naive 29 Jake, 2019 Jake will be um, just just not knowing what's going on right now. Why is my future self discussing Euro 2020 playoffs in October? Um, but we have Northern Ireland, we have Republic of Ireland, and we have Scotland all in action uh, on Thursday evening. Um, we're going to run through some snappy predictions for these. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina v Northern Ireland. Any shouts? Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough one for Northern Ireland. Um, Stephen Davis, just want to shout out him, potentially making his 120th appearance for Northern Ireland, which would make him the record holder, which is outstanding. Just will be a shame when Edin Dzeko scores three headers from corners uh, taken by Miriam Pjanic and uh, they lose. Wow. I <laughs> <laughs> took a plot twist. I <laughs> took a dark yeah, turn. Yeah, um, yeah. Stephen Davis, well game. done. Mm. Well done, Stephen Davis. You're going to get absolutely mullered by Miralem Pjanic. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were demolished, weren't they, last time out against, uh, against Norway 5-1. Um, Ian Barraclough not quite having the same effect as his predecessor, Michael O'Neill. Um, Bosnia, on the other hand, drew with Italy. Narrow defeat to Poland. I'm going with a 2-1 Bosnia win here. I think it's going to be a tight one, but but 2-1. Hard to see past that quality, I think. Mm. Moving on, uh, Republic of Ireland. They are away to Slovakia in this one. Um, it's not going to be a classic. <laughs> I've been looking through some, <laughs> some recent uh, Republic of Ireland results, and oh man, if you're sitting through those games, have a medal, have a medal. Um, yeah, Ireland, they lost to Finland, drew with Bulgaria after a 93rd minute equaliser um, for, for the Irish. So they could have lost both of those games 1-0. Um, mm, not feeling it. Not feeling it. But, oh, well, from an attacking sense, I'm not feeling it. But from a defensive point of Premier League back line there, back four of all Premier League players. Yeah, um, they could they could do the business here. But yeah, like you said, it will be tight. It will be It will be tough. Um, it's not going to be a nine-goal thriller like we've been uh, given in the Premier League, but uh, I've got a I've got a feeling Ireland could do this. Mm. I, was, I was looking at that back line actually. Doherty, your your boy, your boy Doc, and <laughs> um, John Egan, Ender Stevens, and Shane Duffy in there. So it's not a bad back line. They've got Hurahan and players like that in the middle. Um, so they've got a little bit of quality there. Quite a young front line. Young front line. Adam Ida, uh, who was playing for Norwich. Um, hasn't quite got off the mark yet, so it's it's um, hoping that that backline can hold firm and then being clinical when that one chance falls. And uh, I'm going with a one nil one nil Island win here. Oh, so am I. I'm thinking um, Shane Duffy. You know, he's done it. He did it for Celtic on his on his debut in his second game. I think he might sneak one from a set piece. Fair play. That very narrow, very niche. I like this. I like this. And uh, moving on to Scotland, um, they're at home to Israel in this one. Um, they played recently. They drew. Drew uh, in the Nations League 1-1. Um, yeah, they've got an interesting, interesting character up front. Uh, Lyndon Dykes, Australian-born, Scottish. Uh, he's made two appearances. It was his debut in the last break and scored one. Um, so he's hoping for another decent doubt this time. Um, a bit of breaking news from Scotland perspective, actually, which may change your thinking. Uh, Stuart Armstrong, Kieran Tierney, Ryan Christie, all self-isolating, all out of this one. Oh, wow. Well, then that does throw a spanner in words. <laughs> Blown your prediction in half. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, I don't think quite that. I think um, I think Israel have got some some ballers in there. Uh, Aaron Zahavi, uh, PSV, but he's 33 now. But um, he's very talented. And uh, Munas Dabur, um, they've got up front as well. Hoffenheim striker, um, who I don't know loads about, but I do know uh, he's a 79 rated on FIFA, and you can buy him for 350 coins on Ultimate Team. So I don't know what that says, but uh, it says something. That says that you need to get out more. <laughs> yeah, called um, it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. We're rating Israel footballers based on their FIFA rankings. Uh, <laughs> no, don't get that. I'm uh, that anywhere else, do you? Hey, <laughs> that's it. That's a football times that. exclusive. <laughs> and thanks for listening, everybody. No, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm going with a one-one draw here and a bit of a look of a penalties type situation. I, I had Scotland down to win. I know Ryan Christie's kind of their, their informed star. Stuart Armstrong, good Premier League player. And, uh, and Kieran Tierney, we know what Tierney can do. Uh, I just feel with those three out, ooh, it could be a bit tight. I, I'm going with a penalty win for... That's uh, a good penalty win for Scotland, but I think it's going to be penalties. Yeah, um, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer with those three out, but... I don't really like writing offsides with John McGinn in their in their lineup, so uh, I think Scotland have got it. That's a wise saying, if ever I heard it. <laughs> don't never write out a side with John McGinn. And uh, and yet, if you want all the details and all these games, um, they're they're going to all, all be on uh, Sky Sports over over the coming days. Um, if you want to find out more about the Europe, sorry, the Euro twenty twenty qualifiers and the Nations League stuff, please come to radiotimes.com slash sport and we'll sort you out. Um, moving on to the section that I just dread every week at the moment. It's Fantasy Premier League. Um, it, Not gone well, mate? Nah, nah. I mean, the world took Sun, Sun Young min out, didn't they, really? The world took him out. Um Obviously, Mourinho trolled the world and is, is, is laughing, suitably laughing at everybody for it. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a shock, him coming back, wasn't it, really? Yeah, um, it, was, it, it was unfortunate for everyone taking him out. Thankfully, I've never had him or any Spurs players. I'm ignoring them for FPL this season because uh, just, just to spite my own nose. Um, but yeah, uh, he did a business, didn't he? Really? Mm, quick. Acceleration. No sign of a hamstring injury. Thanks, Jose. Um, yeah, I took... So, I wasn't going to say this because we're just gonna, I'm just going to lose all whatever shred of credibility I had to start here. Last week, I took out Sun and I had quite a strong bench. So, I thought, like, I can basically afford to take two players out and put Salah in. So, I, I brought Salah in. I brought Dale Stevens in. He went to the back of the bench, basically. Um, to free up the money for Salah, I got rid of Son. And the only other player I could have got rid of to afford uh, Salah was James Rodriguez. Oh, so my. Son and James Rodriguez in the same week. We're not, oh, we're yeah. not doing great, are we? I mean, I shouted Kepper no. out like three weeks on the bounce and then. <laughs> Yeah, you need to we're not the that. experts that we should be I feel like this is it's more this is not an expert session this is more therapy I believe yes nice this is <laughs> this is making you the listener 
realise that you're actually quite good at fantasy Premier League. Um, no, I've I've pretty much straightway gone for Rodriguez and Son back in, uh, but I've, I managed to do some do some economics and uh, I've kept Salah in there as well. I've taken De Bruyne out this time. Yeah, I think that's, that's Bruyne, a good call. I think he's missing Aguero up front. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Salah's your premium cost midfielder at the moment uh, in form, regardless of what Liverpool are doing at the minute <laughs> at the back. Uh, I'm probably Fernandez second if we're talking about premium cost. Um, so many penalties, he's always got a good shout. And uh, and De Bruyne, unfortunately, unfortunately, I think he's my third choice there. Um, do you have any any shouts for the week? Well, um, I kind of agreeing with you. I hit my wildcard button when I had my uh, week absence last week. Uh, and I got in Salah, I got in Fernandez, and I got in De Bruyne. <laughs> so that you was got all three in there. I got all three in there. Oh, my goodness. Um, but to do this, I did get rid oh. of Callum Wilson, who then went on to get 16 points. So, you know, I think FPL at the minute, you've got to have your penalty takers, you've got to get your captain right, but it's just an absolute potluck at the minute. It feels yeah. completely all over the place. So don't feel too bad out there if you're doing as, as badly as we are. Yeah, give us a shout. Tell us, tell us your horror stories. I don't know how find us on Twitter. We're kind of there. Um, tell, tell us your horror stories. Uh, any any actual tips for us this week? Or are you just sort of collateral damage, sort of trying to, to make the best of a bad situation over there? Yeah, I think so. I think it is a bit collateral damage. Um, my my tip is give give it a week. Um, you know, there's no games until the deadline's the seventeenth, so you've got a little bit of time. Maybe just take a breath. Watch some international games, see who gets injured, and then go again. Yeah, uh, and I'm going with. Um, I wanted to shout out Aston Villa here. Um, I'm not so we can find the recording, we can find the clip, but I knocked it out of the park with my uh, start of the season prediction that Villa would be the surprise package, um, based on my absolute knowledge. But um, before everybody rushes to put Aston Villa players in their team, I'm going with. Um, I'm still not sold on Grealish. I feel like he's fairly expensive, a little bit patchy, as good a player as he is in real life. I think fancy doesn't always translate perfectly. Um, worse shouts than Ollie Watkins up front, 5.9 million. Worse shouts than him. I think Mings is the shout from Villa. Uh, he's only 5 million. Um, they're defending well. They're defending very well. Uh, Martinez in goal is a, is a great shout as well, 4.5 million. Um, I just think Mings could be your shout if you are tempted to rush into the Villa market. Uh, or Matty Cash. Matty Cash at right back. He has been impressing a few Villa fans. Um, could be a, a really great differential shout because not many people know he is there. Um, so go and, go and buy Cash. Spend some money on Cash. Um, yeah. The headlines write themselves for that, don't they? I mean, I'll just let you put that together. Um, moving on from fantasy signings to the real world signings. Um, a bit of a chat just to wrap things up. Uh, deadline day came and went. Um, well, the, the, the start of deadline day. I know they've kind of split it in half. Um, but, yep, the, we can no longer sign players, I believe, from foreign clubs um, and Premier League to Premier League. Uh, people can still dip into the football league if they like. Um, any any signings in the last sort of the late stages of the window that have caught your eye, Mr. Wilson? Well, as you well know, Michael, I am a sentimental man. 
So my eyes lit up, my heart exploded when Theo Walcott went back to Southampton. What a story. Oh, man. He has said, he has said when he plays again, he'll probably cry. Oh. No, footballers crazy. don't say those things. Uh, and that's magic. Um, and, and Theo or Southampton, I'm looking straight down the camera. If you're out there, if you're listening, love to have a chat. Oh. Should we get Theo Walcott on the pod? That let's would be my get, dream. Let's try and get Theo Walcott on the pod. I'm going to... Mm, I can't promise. We'll see. For you. We'll do some dealings. We'll do some dealings. But <laughs> he seems like such a good lad. Um, and I think it's a great move for him and for Southampton. And probably for Everton too. So that was just an all-round good feeling story. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, let, let's wait for the end of the season when Gareth Bale goes back to Southampton. Um, <sighs> after he... <laughs> Imagine imagine if that's Southampton's plan now. Imagine if they just re-sign all of those players. They get get the gang back together. Luke Shaw, you can see Luke Shaw going back to Southampton. Lana, end of the season. Oh my goodness, it's happened. Ricky Lambert, get him in. Sadio Mane, I'm sure that can happen. (laughs) Yeah, the works. They can make this happen. Um, I'm sure that's in the plan. Um... I'm backing, so not a deadline day signing, a late window signing. I know you're going to call me out for being a cheat here, mm. but I'm having seen him play. But Ross Barkley, I love that signing. I am such a fan of that signing. I think Barkley is an outstanding player. Um, I think he was, he was excellent at Everton. He, he was well worth his move to Chelsea. Um, 15 million, was it? They got him really cheap in the end, much to Everton fans' annoyance. Uh, and then Chelsea, I feel like he's had really, really good patches, but maybe just not quite, maybe just not quite finding the position for him. Um, I think Chelsea love, they love their sort of technical players when it was Pedro and Willian and Hazard, those sort of players. He's maybe not that sort of player, but I think being the bigger fish in a slightly smaller pond, I think that'll just suit him down to the ground. Um, again, against Liverpool, he played in the number 10. He was sort of the middle of everything, took a bit of the weight off Grealish's shoulders, uh, linking up with, um, with, with Ollie Watkins up top. He can dribble with the ball. He can shoot from range. I think Barkley to, to Villa could be an outstanding signing if he plays every week, and, and he should. There's no reason that you, he won't do that. Um, I think he could be great. I'm a big fan. And, and same, a similar idea with Loftus-Cheek at Fulham. Um, whether they totally needed him, I know it's the defence, that's their problem, really. Um, but he, he's, I mean, your squad is going to be enhanced by a presence of Rupert's cheek being in there. Um, I just think he could be another interesting signing for them. It could, it could be another to sort of really relish regular first team football. Yeah, two great shouts there. Not going to disagree with any of that. I think both of them are going to fit in really well. And on Fulham, just to add to that, they signed Joachim Anderson as well on deadline day from Lyon. He's a season long, uh, it's a rest of the season loan, um, but he's their Lyon's record transfer. He was 30 million euros and he hasn't really settled there, um, but he's a defender. Um, and if he can p- produce the form that made Lyon pay a record fee for him, that could be such an underrated signing this window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Fulham, they look all right going forward, don't they? It's just, it's at the back, they, they really need to, to step it up to stand a chance, really. But yeah, if he can turn up, then I'm sure Scott Parker would be a very happy man. Um, a couple of quick ones before we, before we leave you all in peace. But uh, Thomas Party signs for Arsenal eventually. 
they leave it till what was it 28 minutes or 32 minutes or something uh, before the deadline in, in La Liga to activate that release clause. Um, it feels like they might have finally replaced Patrick Vieira. <laughs> took their time, <laughs> it's haven't taken, they? It's taken, yeah, they're, they're slow. They're, 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 you know, they wait for players to be born before they replace players. So, Yeah, yeah. there's been a lot of weight on a lot of players that it hasn't really suited. Uh, Xhaka, there was a lot of weight for him to be that kind of defensive holding midfield, and he's obviously not that. Torreira, it didn't really work out with. He's gone the other way. Um, and party for the for the record fee, uh, the release clause fee. I think that's just a perfect sign-in. Makes sense for everyone. Um, apparently, Simeone isn't that uh, happy about it because it's it's gone through so late. But um, for Arsenal fans, I've got to be so excited there. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I was looking at some of his sort of reading up on him because I haven't seen too much of him play. And uh, I was reading up that he's, he's supposed to be strong interceptions and strong dribbling was uh, the stats that I saw. I think it was on who scored, um, which suggests to me that he's a bit of a scruff of the neck midfielder from, from the bits I have seen as well, by the way. I'm not going in totally blind, but he's um, not just a recycler of the ball. I think I think Xhaka and Torreira were sort of a foot in and then just drop it five yards to a side or, or try and launch it long. I think party seems maybe a bit more refined midfielder he's going to win it back and then he's going to drive with it and I think that's the player that the Arsenal they'll they'll love that I think they'll do it's something different to their squad Um, and you hope that he can let's say just maybe connect the dots between the back line the front line midfield just just tie everything neatly together Um, or at least that is the that is the plan Um, and a very quick one Leaving it late, just like the team we were about to discuss, Manchester United. Um, what do you make of Manchester United? Their, their deadline day signings, it ends Edinson Cavani missing out on Sancho in the end. Where do you stand on them? I think the, the Sancho dealings were a bit ridiculous. Uh, Dortmund set a deadline so long ago um, for a deal to be made. It passed without a whimper. And then Man United was still going for it by the sounds up until the deadline. Um, and I think they just completely got the finances wrong with what Dortmund would want, with what the agent would want, what the player would want. Um, and obviously it was a ridiculous amount of money all together. Um, so I think that's a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a circus. Um, but I think the other signings are actually quite good. Um, I think Alex Tellez especially... Um, we'll do the business down there. Uh, they saw Luke Shaw um, perform less than maybe they would have hoped he would have performed. Let's put that nicely. Um, yeah. And I think he'll come in down that left side and he attacks really well, Tellez, um, draw reports. Um, and then Cavani up front will give them that other option. Uh, you know, he's not the youngest, but he's definitely very fit. He's been horse riding. He's uh, done his ballet recently. So he's very ready to go back and uh, start firing. So even though it is a free transfer um, that they didn't really plan for, it might turn out really well. So I don't think it's an absolute disaster. It's just not how they're used to performing in the transfer window. It's, uh, it's not the Man United of old. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Sancho, isn't it? Because you, you kind of don't want... I see both sides of it. I think it's it's almost a lose-lose for United. If they sign Sancho... Oh, well, no, if they sign Sancho, that's, that's awesome. But then if they, um, I guess, turn to another target and it's not quite Sancho's level, they get slaughtered for not 
getting Sancho. It feels like they've almost saved their pennies to go back again. You could see them going back in January for him. They could see him going back next year for him. I, I, disappointing, and and it's disappointing if they thought they needed a winger and they haven't signed a winger, um, first team. But I, I just wonder whether it's actually a fairly shrewd move in a time when you can't just keep wasting fifty million here and there. They've got Sancho in their sights, and I, I fully expect to see Sancho at United in the next year or two. Um, I just wonder whether they maybe sort of, I don't know, just just playing it playing it a little bit safer um, with the on the on the money side of things rather than just buying anybody and and you know just because they need to sign somebody. Um, and they've also, I mean, when I say they haven't signed anybody, they've got Ahmed Diallo and uh, and Facundo Pelistri, um, both wingers, both could be interesting options. Maybe not to throw in straight away, but. You know, if one of those develops, gets a chance on the team at some point, if there's an injury crisis, then they could have actually saved a lot of money on on those players. Um, Definitely, I think I think the better options than um, Usman Dembele, who they were linked with a lot. He's had a lot of uh, injury problems. Barcelona paid a lot of money for him, and they were trying to get him off the books quite intensely by the sounds this summer. Um, so I think it's good that they didn't go in for him. He really needs to try and prove himself now at Barcelona. Um, and yeah, Man United may have uh, figured it out quite nicely in the end. Hmm. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I don't think it's all doom and gloom, despite what mm-hmm. the results last week. <laughs> I mean, that was a shocker. But um, I don't think it's all atrocious on the transfer fund. But we shall see as the season goes along. Um, what is in Match of the Day magazine this week, Mr. Wilson? Oh, it's an exciting time, Michael. It is league ladders season. Yes, we've in this yeah. issue, we've got the league ladders. Some of the scarves, some of the teams. To get your kids on the wall, planning the leagues and following it, great. It is the ultimate nostalgia trip for any of uh, us older people out there as well. And then the magazine, there's just loads of stuff in there. The best boots in the world. We've got the ultimate guide to FIFA 21 and some match attacks. It is stacked. And um, Michael, I think specifically you, don't miss this one. (laughs) Oh, me? Me? Mm. Interesting. Mm. Well, I will pop down to the shops as we... Well, not not now because... They are literally speaking. Uh, <laughs> pop down to the shops and I'll see what I can do. And for everybody else who isn't a child or young adult or adult trying to be a child, um, come, to, <laughs> come to radiotimes.com slash sport. And we have all of your sporting previews for sporting events coming up on TV. At the moment, we have French Open, French Open in abundance. Um, and we have, like I say, all of the international fixtures. We'll tell you how to watch them. We'll tell you what's going to happen. We'll tell you what the scoreline probably won't be. Um, come and come and have a read. Come and have a listen. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.